I love plastic, just not in our trash cans. But plastic is a really good material because it is very sturdy. You can get plastic that are made from corn. You can get all of these different versions. Hello and welcome to the Age of Plastic podcast. I'm Andrea Fox. This is an environmental podcast about our impact on the planet and how we might do things differently. If you're sustainably curious, you are in the right podcasting space. Now, last week, we discovered a product by Notpla, a plastic replacement made from seaweed. If you haven't caught up on that episode, go back and listen to that one. On the way on today's episode, a guest as always, a good news story, because by gosh, we need it, and my guilty consumer moment of the week. Do share yours, please. You can contact me and have a chat. Details of how to get in touch are wherever you are listening right now. Just have a look at the show notes. Now, right now, COP26 is going ahead in Glasgow. There was some talk about plastic wipes being banned. Plastic not really on the agenda, though, which is a bit weird considering the plastic industry's emissions are the fifth biggest in terms of greenhouse gases. If we counted them as a country, they'd be the fifth biggest emitter of greenhouse gases. And plastic production, far from easing off, is actually set to treble in the coming years. So today we're asking what if nothing in your life was single use? What if we valued things we own and we didn't send them abroad to be incinerated or pollute other countries? Bit racist that. Last Object co-founder and co-designer Isabel Agard spoke to me from Copenhagen. Now you may have seen they started off with the reusable swab, a last swab, and they've moved on to loads of different products, including their new product, Last Pad, which is a menstrual pad. Now, with her company, she wants to end our throwaway culture. Coming up, we talk about plastics. Yes, some of her products contain them. Using Black Friday for good, copycats, and why all companies could benefit from crowdfunding, not just sustainable brands. Here's Isabel Agard from Last Object. Why did you start on this journey to end single-use items? Yes. Um, Well, I think that it all started with us we're we're all three designers um the three that have like started the company me and my big brother and uh, and his design partner and um we were working on different projects um i was actually working in the medical industry the boys were doing a lot of like kitchen products and it was like it was very different like day to day but we had a, a comp we had a an office space together and we immersed into this journey because we just really wanted to design something that had purpose. We love designing. That's our passion. That's like what gets us up in the morning, but like getting us up and designing for some a better future. That was like, that would have been like, that would just be amazing. So, um, so that's what, um, that, that was like where it started sparking. And then we started trying to figure out what would really make a difference. Um, what could be something that would be, that would really make um, not just a little difference in the context of uh, changing a product up, but what would actually change habits because that's where we started to see um, a big influence in actually getting into a greener lifestyle. That's such a good point, actually. We have got so used to, haven't we, using something for like a minute, seconds, and then it's gone. Uh, Like Cotton Buds, which is the product that you started with, and I wondered, you've, you mentioned that you're working with your brother and your mum's a designer as well. So mm-hmm. do you think that sort of entrepreneurial designer influence, that kind of background, you're always going to go into this kind of thing, maybe? Definitely, definitely. Actually, somebody asked us yesterday how it is, is for us siblings to like work together all day. But 
I think we've, we've just always worked together. We also worked in our, in our parents' company. Um, so, so we've been working together since I was 10, just on and off on different projects and always been involved in each other's lives um, quite intensively. So it wasn't like a huge switch, but there is, of course, like there is a, a different, um, it's a different atmosphere to be in the office where everybody's so like family close. Uh, then I think it would be in a situation where I've been earlier on, where I maybe worked in more corporate companies. <laughs> I can imagine like there's a slight level of profession. Well, not unprofessional, but just that everything's a bit more relaxed. Yeah. And right. a little bit unprofessional. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Good. And this business that your parents started, is it the jewellery business, the troll beads? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's actually my granddad's um Oh, wow. company to begin with so it's really old um and uh, and then my mom took it to a whole new level and when it got rolling and became a a, a big thing my dad came on board because he's very business savvy so uh yeah so if that's the entire family actually my other or our other brother is the ceo now so uh, oh, everything wow. is very family <laughs> very family orientated yeah and i suppose that really did help in the design then because you went through quite a lot of designs to get your, the first product, the last swab, correct, didn't you? Uh, what was that process like? It was a lot of testing. Um, we were so fortunate. The first, our first product, last swab, was something that we could 3D print because we could do wow. something that was completely in plastic. And you can actually also 3D print that um, rubbery feel that it has in the in the ends. But mm-hmm. that actually... That's silicone. Is it silicone at the ends? It's a TPE. It's not silicone. It's a, a okay. thermal plastic. Um, but it has the same, uh, it feels like silicone, that's a good reference right. point. Um, but we needed a plastic that actually chemically bi- bind it to the rod so that you'd never have that problem of, of the, the end. Losing it. Yeah, yeah, losing it in your, <laughs> in your ear. Like... <laughs> so, um... Because even though I think doctors will say don't push it in your ear canal, if it's getting close there, you've got to be pretty safe, I imagine. Exactly. Yeah, you do. So... Um... <laughs> No, but uh, we, um, yeah, so in the beginning, we prototyped a lot. And that, that meant of, in the beginning, we just drew up and the boys are really good at doing 3D sketches. So we 3D sketched a lot of the things and then we could print it immediately. So, and then we could use them and try them out. And like, we did all, all these different shapes, especially with the makeup version to see like what would make, make sense and uh, where could we really be innovative? So that was a that was a, a long testing period, and then when we got to like the end, a, a final prototype. Then there's the whole testing phase with production, where you get different versions and different um, feels and strengths. And because like the rod is one plastic, and that had to be quite strong and should be bigger and smaller, and also has to look like the single use component. And and the same thing with the ends; they also need to be really. Um, delicate in the ears but they also have to catch something you know so all of this is uh, it was like an it's actually still an ongoing thing because we're still doing small tweaks we just did a new um a form our to uh, our tooling um we kind of improved on it so that some of the things that we've heard back from our customers now who are our real uh, amazing actually contribution to our company is that we get so much feedback and uh, that makes it really nice to keep evolving and keep keep being creative with our products yeah completely and we talk on this podcast about plastic being a useful material but single use 
is just not the way to go. So you are using plastic in your products. Was that a decision? that you, Did you look at other different products before you sort of decided on the plastics that you were using for Last Object? Definitely. We have, we have this way of looking at materials where we want to not just choose bamboo because that has a good story. We want to make sure that we're choosing the right materials to the right components in our designs. That's also why we have multiple plastics. Just in La Swab, it's three different plastic types. And yes, it would be amazing to be able to do like a bamboo rod, but bamboo is not a closed surface. And there are a lot of hygienic things that we have to have into consideration. And there's also a lot of components. For example, if we take the swab as an example, the ends and the rod, they had to chemically bind that as I was explaining. So these two materials have to play together. And there are like all these factors that go into where we, why and how we're choosing. Plastic in itself is actually an amazing, like I, I'm not, I, I love plastic, just not in single use, just not in our trash cans. But plastic is a really good material because it is very sturdy. Um, you can get plastic that are made from corn. You can get all of these different um, versions. You can even like our um, packaging or the, the case itself is made of ocean bound plastic. So we're, we're tapping into cleaning up the ocean too. So there are a lot of good initiatives and you can do a lot of things. I think the most important thing is just not to buy up something plastic that you're going to throw out or something that is crap plastic that will break very quickly, you know? Yeah, yeah, completely. And I was having this conversation with a friend the other day. She was saying, well, is it okay to have certain items that are made from plastic that aren't single use? And I think she was giving the example of um, like a water bottle, which is meant to be reused over and over again. And I was like, yeah, kind of. But yeah, like you say, that could be made from a cornstarch plastic. It could be made from ocean plastic. It could be aluminium in that that kind of example. So yeah, so that is, like you say, there's there's innovations in these new plastics. I wondered, wanted to sort of talk about some business sort of sides of stuff because you did do a little bit of crowdfunding. How did you find your crowdfunding experience in terms of being an eco sort of startup business? I think it's absolutely amazing. We actually still do it. And it's not the economic um, part of it. That's also really nice but it's mostly because it's such a good validation for should this product actually have a place in the market? Because sometimes you can sit as a designer and you're like, you're so closed off from what people actually want or you're so closed off for what is actually happening more than just in the city you're living. So sometimes, and this is not the first, like we've done a lot of Kickstarter, Kickstarters before last swap. So we also have some failed attempts and also some semi-successful ones. Um, but it's a really good way of not like just going in as a designer being like, oh my God, this coffee cup is absolutely amazing. Let's just produce this for like, I think we could sell, you know, 1 million. And then suddenly you have a whole storage room filled with something you can't sell because maybe you didn't think it through. Maybe something went wrong. Maybe there was just not a place in the market for this. So it, it like economically, but also very much about very and conscious about the environment, I think that it's actually really good to test out, should this be there? Should we produce this? Should we ship this before actually doing it? Yeah, that's, I mean, exactly. That's the sustainable kind of discussion, isn't it? And like you say, you have used the Kickstarter crowdsourcing, crowdfunding to work out whether it's something that customers actually want. You get good feedback now that you do have customers. And I've been seeing 
um, past guests on the podcast, uh, like the fashion brand Laura Jean discussing Black Friday, which is coming up very soon, and sort of Black Friday deals. How do you, do you as last object, do you get involved in those kind of deals and things like that? No, actually, when we when we started the company and we entered into the first Black Friday part of the year, uh, we decided that we wanted to make a Green Friday, we called it. And um, and that's three years ago. So this is our third year. But what we would want to do is that we want to give, you know, the customer some kind of value, more value on our products, but we don't want to discount everything down. So what we've kind of turned it around and said like, okay, but then be part of cleaning the ocean even more up. So for Black Friday, every product that you buy on our website or in general, you will clean up one kilo, which is two pounds, and that be right, of ocean waste plastic. So, and that's on every single product. So if you buy five, you know, that really amounts to a lot. It is interesting, this thing of like, you kind of have to get involved as a brand in Black Friday um, because there are people out there who maybe do want to buy your product, but they're waiting for a discount or they're waiting for that extra reason to to get involved. And without customers, then you wouldn't be able to clean up the ocean plastic and there would be no business to sort of put your message out there about swapping from single-use items. So, yeah, did, did you find that price point was like a big decision factor for you when coming up with Last Object? Yes, definitely, definitely. It had to, and that's also, but that's also a lot on the design phase because we need to be able to design things that are simple so that we can choose really good quality durable materials because they're not cheap so but if you have that in mind from the beginning how is this produced how does a mold work um how can we make this really strong and really have a high quality but still be able to be produced in at a really low point because if we just made a swap that one percent of the um, population would be able to buy then we're not going to get anywhere we have to find a price point on all of our products so that they match the masses and and that's how we that's how we can make a huge difference yeah and you're going up against something that's single use and so you know ha- hasn't really been ha- thought of in terms of design and lasting at all and is so cheap because of that um i wanted to touch on copycat products as well because i saw literally the other day a makeup influencer using what i thought was your last swab and then i realized it's a copycat and i know you've spoken about this before was that quite annoying to see that there are other other things on the market that have uh, basically nicked your idea as an yes. eco startup yeah it was I, I, yeah to be honest like the we actually were we were copied like three days into our campaign so we were not expecting this at all they just took the images of me holding of actually a prototype and then um, and then they put them up and on their websites and did a lot of um, targeting we could pull the most because we, we we own the pictures and it's I'm actually in the front of it so yes it's like, you own that, your own copyright I imagine that's my exactly. face so take that down <laughs> so in that sense we could really like close those down pretty quick and um, I think that uh, we very quickly got um, some uh, someone else involved uh, like a, a company that helps you do this because it, it was draining for us to like go through and it was really it, it was very uh, discouraging for the future design projects that we were actually, we wanted to use energy on. So we took like a, 
a decision very early on to like not not let it get to us and just keep moving and then when they actually came out with the um, the copycat versions they were really crappy and that made me even like more sad because if they had actually done a good product then we could be like oh okay we're just more people that are like trying to make a difference but then they're just creating more trash and that was like so devastating because I felt that we had made a product that had inspired somebody else to make a lot of trash and that was like very counter um it's just that was not the idea of making this product <laughs> so there was like a there were there were two steps of um, devastation but it's completely um understandable last round was also just a few days ago that actually took them two years but but that's also been copied now <laughs> hey if you want to email a brand but don't know where to start you can now download a template from my website it is a handy form that helps you email a company or business and ask them to use less plastic this is an easy copy and paste. Fill in the gaps and ask that brand about their sustainability goals. Just head to iamandreafox.co.uk to download. Let's get on to the other products because it started with Last Swab. You've got new products coming out. So talk us through uh, Last Pad to start off with. Yes, the Last Pad is actually the last um, product that we just launched and it's a reusable menstrual pad. And um, so it's... Uh, it's very innovative in the way that we've really tried it actually this product has taken us two years to create because we really wanted to choose the right materials and we wanted and and this is also a sensitive product like uh, an ear swab a cotton round a tissue you know it's they're so it's kind of medical almost isn't it like there's there's some things that need to be thought about in that regard exactly there's also bacteria we have to talk about and there's also moist that we have to make sure is not uncomfortable and so but so it really took us a long time to find like the three best fabrics that would reduce all of this so the top layer is has like these like little funnels actually very very soft like a kind of a sportswear feeling to it but it dries up so quick so you're not like wet and then in the middle we have a bamboo there there we could use bamboo because that's actually a really good material in this context that really could absorb quickly and be very light and very, very thin. And then you have the bottom layer, which is actually has, uh, which is breathable, but that so that you can breathe in it or, uh, yeah, it's always how, how can I talk about this in a, <laughs> in a very discreetly way. And then, but that water can't or blood can't get through it. Um, and then we did like flaps. So it like sticks to it so that it, um, it locks itself to your, panties and uh, and the the closing is like very seamless and very like everything is just like very well well thought out and then the last thing that we were so excited about um that we actually figured out how to solve a few months before we released it was that there is a silicone strap or strip in the bottom that makes it not like um shift from cheek like from oh, in your body. around <laughs> around <laughs> you know what I'm stays where about. you put it yeah <laughs> exactly it stays where you put it and uh, and that, that's um that's really made it um, a really really comfortable product in that context so so you don't have to you can actually wear a dress amazing and I, I do think there's you know menstrual cups and period pants it's nice to that you know, there are more options for people in in that kind of menstrual category these days. Um, and I wondered as well, because you've got so many different products out at the moment, you know, the last pad you've just talked about taking two years. Is there anything that you think you 
won't be able to crack in terms of single use or you won't be able to make a non-single use alternative for? I think that our biggest challenge is the toilet paper. I was uh, just going to say, I suppose no one wants to reuse their toilet paper, do they? Just use a bidet, I guess. <laughs> exactly. No. And yeah. there, there are a lot of solutions. I'm not going to say we're not going to crack it, but it, it's definitely <laughs> like it, it's we have a lot of other products that we're going to crack before that one. But, um, but oh, we, I'd love to ask you, but I suppose with so many copycats, you're not going to tell me. <laughs> just... <laughs> exactly. No, I think that I can I can say that we're we're definitely like the next year or so we're going to stay in the bathroom department, wellness, beauty, like spectrum. There's just a lot of things about cleaning up and cleaning yourself down. And then, uh, yeah, so um, so I think that in that spectrum, you're going to see a lot of products. It's going to take us a while to like get out of that category and go into the kitchen. But there is also a lot of fun things to to work on. So. Yeah, I think yes. we have we have our designing desks like set for the next seven years. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That is really, really exciting. And I suppose all these products, they are last, you know, that's the idea. Everything is the last swab, last tissues, last pad. They come to an end of their life at some point, right? Mm-hmm. So what is the recommendation for customers? Do you let people know what to do with them if, for example, they don't, don't last forever yes and this is very local based so for example if it's somebody from denmark then i would yes. say something if it's somebody from the us i would say something else so it's it's very wow. different from how we actually take care of our trash and this is actually also a really really interesting topic and something that's ever moving i would love to do some kind of i hope some companies gonna make some kind of overview soon so that you can kind of point people in the right direction to know how to get rid of different components. And there's so much focus, so I think it's going to come soon. But um, but it, it shifts very much. We uh, we really, for example, with Last Swab, we just um, launched Refill. So you can actually buy a swab without having the case so that you don't have to buy everything again. Or like with the rounds, the same thing. You can get the rounds without the case now. So we're trying to also get into talking about our, our products being as uh, some of it some of the parts will maybe last longer than other parts and um, so that you keep refilling um incineration is just always what i say in the broad terms we there's no chemicals no toxins nothing that these products will leave afterwards our rounds are backyard compostable and our cotton is 100 cotton so that's very easy also to repurpose but it's again, it's very much into the local um, facilities, trash sorting facilities. Mm. What do you think needs to happen to fix our sort of waste issues, our recycling issues, our single use issues? What would you like to see? Well, I'd love to see more information about how our trash is handled. And I'd love to see something more transparent that is like not only here in Denmark, but not only um, in. Europe I would like to see it worldwide what do we do how is it why is it good why is it not how we learn from each other because there are some companies that or some countries that really actually have solved some parts of this <laughs> but there are also some that really haven't and and for example aluminium is one of the like most amazing products or materials that you can talk about because 
it's everlasting. You use it forever and you, and you have it in a lot of components actually throughout our everyday life. But we don't really talk about it. We don't really know. And But this is really like, if you recycle this, you're really good to go. Where there are some other components where you use a lot of energy to recycle it. Or a lot of glass, it has to be heated up actually quite a lot. Not that you shouldn't recycle. You should always recycle. But there are just different components that are actually better for the environment than others. Or like if, if, you, if you're standing there with your trash and you want three things that you should sort, then tell me those three things, you know? that kind of transparency would be amazing to have. And I think that would change how we look at trash, how we look at plastic, because that's not so bad. And how we look at in general about like how, what we go through every day. Yeah, completely. And that I say to people as well, when they ask me about recycling, I'm like, well, you should definitely recycle, as you've just said. But at some point, plastic is not going to be able to turn back into another plastic bottle, for example. Maybe you might get three times out of it if you're lucky. And then it's got to be downcycled. Aluminium, as you say, infinitely recyclable, much less power needed. We were talking on the energy episode. Uh, We've had some energy issues here in the UK. Um, and there is a glass making factory, something that lots of people might use instead of plastic. Oh, I'll buy something in glass. And they were saying that they're because gas prices are going up and they need such high energy to make that glass. I think their bills were going from like 40 million, which is eye watering enough, to 100 million. Um, and that, you know, yeah, so it was it's it's definitely, yeah, just a really interesting topic, I think, like being more aware of the energy and the carbon and everything that's that's used in in all of these kind of processes, really. But um, yeah, it's a, such an amazing, amazing point there. And that, I suppose that's like the question about what we can do to fix our waste issues. What do you think businesses can be doing in terms of doing more for the planet? There is, especially with businesses, there is this whole other part that we as consumers don't really see, but is everything about the production. How is waste handled? How is water handled? How is energy handled? And I actually read a book book that like, if you look at a a product, I don't know if it's correct, but it's a a very daunting theory that uh, if you look at a product, then 95% of it, of its trash or of its um, resources that it's been using is actually not in the product, it's in the post process of getting to the product and that's just that's a that's mind-boggling but it's actually just with us and looking at our production system and how how agile we are and how focused we are on everything from water to waste to um energy it's just a huge part of every product that and it's and it's something that you don't see it's like a it's a silent killer so um so i think that that part of of the industry and I think that a lot of companies should really take the responsibility for it because it's a little hard as a consumer to even see it and take responsibility for it for something that's so um so mass produced <laughs> yeah yeah you're so right and you've just reminded me of a statistic I heard the other day and again I haven't been able to verify it um but but a chicken breast takes six bathtubs of water to process and that's not water that the chicken has to drink in its life that's just once the chicken is dead and that and and just for one chicken breast and I was like that is such a lot it's so wasteful and you're right we just don't see any of it do we as consumers 
and and what businesses are going to be honest about that I suppose no one's going to tell you that (laughs) it's so hard to find these things out as a consumer so hard um so yes we can't talk about any uh material any more of your products I'm just having a quick look at the question sorry um who do you think is kind of the target market for last object who are you who are you thinking about I suppose you had all those people are getting in touch with you when you were crowdfunding but who is your sort of target market for last object in the beginning it was very much eco um warriors you know very aware about the environment really wanting to make a difference also um i would say you know up for having something be a little uncomfortable but for it to be better for the for the planet but now it's really shifted now we're really we've really brought it out at, and I feel like we're actually also with the edits that we've done and the products that we now have released that we're getting into this group of people that they want to, they would, of course, if this is better for the environment, awesome. But like the most important thing for them is conveniency. It's that it works. It's easy to clean. It's comfortable. It has the same feeling as the single use alternative. And, um, and I think that that is um, amazing because that's exactly what we wanted to do. We really wanted to get in and and have that broadened out. Um, more like factual, it's a, it's a, a woman around my age. <laughs> so, so it's a, from, yeah, right between, I would say 20 to 40 is a really good span. And it's 80, so actually it's 75 now. I don't know, there are a lot of men coming on our website right now, but 80 to 75% women. And also because they typically are the people that buy the household products. So even though maybe it's uh, for their husband, they will be the one buying the swap. Um, And uh, yeah, so so I think that's like kind of broadened. And then I think we have actually targeted three different women where one is like kind of a a millennium mom. and, And then we have some that have like teenage children. And then we also have, you know, the more beauty influencer uh, types that are younger and and more before children kind of phase yes. in their life. Um, Isabel, it's been lovely chatting to you. We have two final questions before I let yeah. you go. Um, plastic is a good item. We're just using it the wrong way when it turns up in single-use products. So, do you have an item in your life which you would say that is your favourite plastic item? I suppose there is plastic in in your products, so <laughs> it could be one of your own. It could be something completely different. What are you going to go for? I'm gonna take something completely different. That's just because cool. we <laughs> we talked a lot about last object. <laughs> exactly. Um, actually, uh, the first thing that comes into my head is um, a pacifier. <laughs> yes, because you've got a little. Is it a little boy? A boy? Yeah, I have Aww. a boy. Um, and Aww, and I'm telling you, like when nothing else, like if it's not food, if it's not you know comfort or a toy than a pacifier it that that just is always a winner so when I like thought of plastic in my home and I like went through all of the items that I have I was like if I don't have a pacifier on every like stool I'm like that's it's not gonna be a good day (laughs) I love that and you know what I've never because I don't have kids I've never even considered whether they would be recyclable but I suppose what are they like silicon and some other kind of plastic so maybe yeah yeah they actually they they should be because uh or there are two components in it so it would be uh, natural rubber is the ones that I use and then okay yeah uh, which and they're actually really good because they can they're 
they can just um, keep being recycled and then you have uh, a pp so um but that's yeah Mm. a normal plastic yeah cool oh well i know you're working on products you're not going to tell me but maybe we'll see a last object pacifier maybe (laughs) yeah somebody said (laughs) a whistle longer maybe i actually think that's pretty good uh, yeah that we've got but uh but yeah who knows who knows um and the final question your environmental hero please yes um and here and and i don't think he's an environmentalist but he's kind of he's just amazing uh carl sagan Mm -hmm. and i think the reason why i really like i look up to him and and what he's done is that it's just been a it's amazing to understand the universe Uh, he's a Mm -hmm. scientist um and and he really had a way very very early on he's very as like he's it's he's been around for quite a while Mm. (laughs) and um and he's just really, really good at looking at the planet and explaining to you why this is absolutely amazing what we have here. And there is no planet B. We can visit another planet. We can, you, you know, we can do different things, but like this planet and like the the completely amazing and random or whatever you've got. I don't know uh, how you're going to explain that, but how precious our planet is, how precious it is that we have the water and the temperatures and the and how we should just really 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 take care of it because there is no there's no other solution there's no like quick fixes there's there's nothing there's just that we all really really find out how important it is that we take care of it it's kind of like having a a kid like when you suddenly have a child and you find out how much love you have and how you will protect them and how you will like that love if we can have that for our planet we would just not be in the situation that we are now and we would also move much quicker to other solutions and making a lifestyle so that we can also be here 200 years from now big thanks to isabel for talking to me you can find out more about last object all their products in the show notes i will link to them there i've been having that discussion this week is it okay to have some plastic in non-single-use items and i think there's an example there we always talk about medical settings on this podcast but there's an example there of a way that plastic can be used and a way that she is thinking about the end of the life cycle of the product which is frankly what we should have all been doing in the first place when we first started using plastic in our lives On to our little good news story. We're doing this instead of eco-life hacks for this series. Um, The Great Pacific Garbage Patch. We spoke to a director who went to film this for her A Plastic Ocean movie. It was the very first guest episode we ever did. I'll link it in the show notes. Now, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch is quite difficult to clean up, but a team have been working on it. Non-profit The Ocean Cleanup has managed to take 63 thousand pounds of trash out of the so-called Great Pacific Garbage Patch using their half mile long trash trapping system called Jenny. Love the sound of this. Golf balls, fishing gear, a fridge and toilet seats were among what they pulled from the ocean. More on that in the show notes. But there's a little bit of good news for the day and my guilty consumer moment. I think loads of people are taking part in something called No Buy November. That is out the window for me. I am getting ahead with the Christmas shopping. What do you want? Let me know. Can I get it for you? My brother sent me a link. I ordered it. Not from Amazon, obviously. We know how I feel about Amazon. 
Why was Jeff Bezos invited to COP? Why? Anyway, my brother wanted some tech headset thing. He's very gadgety like that. And when it arrived, I realized it had been made by a social media company. And I was like, nah. breathe, Andrea. It's what he wanted. As I say every Christmas, get people what they want. Don't get them stuff they don't want. It's more likely to end up in landfill. I think I might start doing a monthly email. Last year, I just read out loads of ideas for Christmas ideas. I don't necessarily think that made the best podcast. But if you'd like to read about some of my ideas for gifting, for example, you can sign up on my website. Details in the show notes. And I've decided I'm going to stop beating myself up about these guilty consumer moments. I'm here to discuss them, but I really don't want to make myself feel any worse. I'm going to save this energy for Shell. That has been my quote this week. Save it for Shell, Andrea. Save it for Shell. Hope you enjoy the Age of Plastic podcast this week. I'll be back with another excellent guest. This time, a zero-waste family. That's what's coming up on next week's episode. Until then, wash your hands, wash your recycling, wear a mask. <laughs>